Now it's my distinct pleasure to introduce a man who has spent his career promoting and giving back to the city he loves, Mayor John Tory, Toronto's 65th mayor. The mayor is very well known to members of this club. Uh, He served as a director of the Empire Club in the late 90s. And what an honour it is for us to have a former director at our podium as a speaker. Some of you will also recall that Mayor Tory was here uh, as recently as last fall for the mayoral candidates debate. That was an incredibly entertaining debate and we're grateful to have him back. (laughs) Since the election, Mayor Tory's focus has been on bringing the city together as one Toronto. He has worked hard to tackle transit and traffic congestion, which brings us to why the mayor is here with us today. Mayor Tory will speak with us about his vision for the future of the eastern portion of the Gardner Expressway and the impact of that issue on traffic, economic development, and the need to build a truly great city. This historic decision will be debated and voted upon this week at City Council. I have no doubt that it'll be a passionate debate. It's important to note that the Gardner Expressway has been debated for decades by past councils, and I believe that many of you would agree that now is the time to make a decision on how we can continue to build a livable city for all of Toronto's residents. With that, ladies and gentlemen, please join me in welcoming to the stage the man tasked with creating a livable, affordable, and functional city, Mayor John Tory. President uh, Andrea and uh, fellow members of City Council, and uh, there are a number here today that I would like to acknowledge. Uh, Deputy Mayor Denzel and wong Councillor Jay Robinson, who was previously introduced, uh, Councillor and Deputy Mayor Vince Grisanti, Councillor Francis Nunziata, who is also the Speaker of the City Council, uh, Councillor Just- Justin DiCiano, uh, Councillor Christian Carmichael Greb, and Councillor Raymond Cho. And I apologize if I've missed anybody that uh, is here that I didn't see uh, on the way in, but I uh, welcome them all uh, to uh, the Empire Club today and uh, we're all uh, privileged to serve you uh, in public office. Now, I should say, uh, President Andrea, in response to uh, your kind words of introduction, one of the great things about this job is that I could have come here today, and it could be the same any given day, and introduced any or talked about any one of a number of controversial issues that are on the plate. I could have talked about... Um, about uh, the TTC uh, issues of this morning, for example, and I don't want to make any light of those, but I want to just say that uh, Andy Byford and I agree we have to do better than that, and that's why we're investing again in the TTC. We've started to invest again in the TTC. Um, I use it every day, pretty much every day, and I know that uh, way beyond me there are thousands and thousands of people who rely on it, and that's why we have to do better. I could also have spoken about uh, the carding issue, and I will only say about that that as the mayor of the most diverse city in the world and one of the safest, 
that we simply have to find a way to make sure the police can do their very difficult job, but at the same time make sure that we are respectful of the rights of each and every citizen of the city. And I came to the conclusion that it was necessary for us to accomplish that best by starting with a clean slate, um, as opposed to trying to build on a foundation that had been uh, called into question uh, by a lot of people over a lot of time. And I think that is the right way to go, and that's what I did. So. to today's issue, and obviously uh, one name uh, looms very large uh, in uh, the news uh, this week, and that is the name Gardner. Uh, Fred Gardner uh, was, he was called Big Daddy. Uh, he was a towering giant. He was a great city builder. He, uh, his stamp was felt throughout the city and still is to this day, from the Don Valley Parkway to the Bloor Danforth Subway, and of course, the Frederick Gardner Expressway. This expressway was built over 10 years, starting in the mid-50s, and at the time it was built, the gardener threaded its way through fields and parking lots. It's hard to imagine that nowadays. It was to be, as Mr. Gardner predicted, a critical piece of infrastructure for a growing city. Even then, it was a tough sell. He had to convince council to build it in sections, and quite hilariously, they built both the eastern and the western portions first, uh, making the controversial downtown portion inevitable. <laughs> sort of a Toronto way of doing things. <laughs> At the time, when urging the council to make the decision to build the uh, expressway, Mr. Gardner threatened his fellow councillors they could go no longer without his, a decision because, as he said, and I quote, the whole east end of the city will be on our shoulders like three tons of bricks, close quote. And it's amazing how things never change. Here we are all these years later, and there are parts of the city, of course, that are very, very concerned about the decision that we're about to make. Mr. Gardner felt that expressways were critical, but he also saw the importance of building transit, and he did both. At the very first meeting of Metro Council in 1956, Mr. Gardner stated, it is a snare and a delusion to spend millions on expressways in the belief that they alone will solve traffic problems, close quote. And I couldn't agree more, because whether you're talking about 1956 or today, in a growing city as it was then and as it is now, it's not one or the other. It's both that we need in order to have a balanced transportation system for the City of Toronto. Yes, we need transit. We need much, much more transit. We need SmartTrack. We need the Waterfront LRT. We will need the Downtown Relief Fund. We need it all. And to me, those who are saying, as you hear, that it is a choice between better roadways or more transit simply don't get it. Great cities have both, and they need both. Unfortunately, some of the reality we face today is a result of the fact that we haven't kept up with Mr. Gardner's efforts to build transit and infrastructure for the city that we are today, and perhaps just as importantly, for the city we're going to become. We are a great city, but the fact is today we're playing catch-up. Our roadways and our transit systems are overburdened, they are overcrowded, they are overrun, and in many cases they are out of date. We are one of the most congested cities in North America. That is a list, uh, the placement on the list we don't talk about very much. We're proud of the placements we have and we should be in this world of livability and business competitiveness and tax competitiveness and a whole bunch of other things. 
But we shouldn't be proud of the fact that we rank as highly as we do on the list of congested cities because it costs our citizens countless hours of their time. It costs our economy billions of dollars annually, and that means jobs. And when I talk about the negative effect on business and on the economy, and when I say it will cost us jobs, this is not a myth. You may have read this morning, for example, about the Ontario Food Terminal. It is the hub just to the west of the downtown, where a great deal of the city's fresh produce and food is distributed, and it's located right near the waterfront. They have said that removing the gardener, the eastern portion of the gardener, will seriously impede their ability to sort of relieve, to receive and deliver food. That means they don't know if they'll be able to get the food and deliver the food that goes to restaurants and grocery stores and so on. And that's food that's meant to be bought by people when they shop and when they go to restaurants and put on the table at home. And that is what I mean when I talk about the fact that the consequences of traffic congestion getting worse are very real and they're very far-reaching and that they affect the economy in a very critical way. And that is how critical the decision is that is before us this week. It's also about time. You know, time that people have that is the only commodity you can't buy more of, that you can't get it back when it's gone. Time better spent at home, I think most people would say, with their families. I will tell you that when at Civic Action we did a survey of what people would do if they had some extra time each day, the number one answer they gave was sleep. And, and it's kind of, a, you laugh at it in a way, but you also get it. Because the fact is, when people have these unacceptable commutes, the thing that probably suffers, you know, even ahead of families, is their time b being able to get proper rest. Because they have to go to work earlier in the morning. Time is not a commodity that can be bought. It isn't a commodity that can be bought. And I refuse, as the elected leader of the city, to take more time away from people by consciously taking a decision that I know will do that because I believe people are giving up enough of their time to commuting already. And I believe, ladies and gentlemen, that that's a large part of what this discussion is all about. All through the election campaign, and in the six months since I became mayor, it is the number one thing that I hear from people. They are sick and tired of having their time taken away from them because they're stuck in traffic or stuck on a subway platform. We have to do better than this. We have to take actions as a council that will make life better for the people of the City of Toronto. So this week, we're faced with a decision as to what to do with a 1.7-kilometer stretch of the Eastern Gardener. Now, let me be clear. The rest of the Gardener will remain, over 90% of the roadway, to be fixed up but to be left in place. In fact, most of the Western Gardener has already been surrounded, as you know, by condominium and office development. The Gardener, as we know it today, the Western portion, threads its way next to condos and office towers. We have steadily and, and surely grown up around it as a city. And that trend is set to continue. But when it comes to the, port, to, the, uh, to the future of this small eastern portion of the Gardener, which makes up the critical connection between the Don Valley Parkway and the Gardener, we have three options. And you can see them illustrated here uh, on the screens. First, uh, you'll see on the left, we can maintain the Gardener as it is, uh, repairing it to ensure that it remains safe for drivers and for pedestrians walking nearby. The second option, we can tear it down and replace it with an eight-lane roadway at street level, and that's on the right-hand side of the screen. 
And finally, option three in the middle is the hybrid approach, which would remove a section of the expressway and open up lands to the east of the Gardner, but also maintain in place a a continuous connection with the Don Valley Parkway, something that I believe is critically important. Now... Now, during the election campaign, I said at that time throughout the campaign, consistently, when asked, which was frequently, probably right here on this Empire Club podium, that I favored the hybrid option. So did Doug Ford. So did Olivia Chow. And so did David Soknacki. And that was because, in my view, they recognized the fact that it was the right thing to do for the city and is what the people felt was best. All of those candidates all said, given the three choices, that they favored the hybrid option. And let's be clear, any way you look at it, with three of those candidates having received a huge proportion of the total vote of the electorate, to the extent people were thinking about that issue during the election campaign, that is what people voted for, and that is why I will be voting for it this coming week, and that is why a large number of my council colleagues will be voting for it as well. But to me, ladies and gentlemen, there's a more fundamental question that we have to ask ourselves here, which is, are we willing, do we think it is right, to do something that we know will make traffic congestion worse, that will continue to cost our economy and our productivity, which means costing us jobs? And are we ready to take more time away from people? I said earlier on, I wasn't. I think for too long we've approved office towers and condominiums without properly considering the impact on our transit system and on our roadways. But we are where we are. We're making up for some of those poor planning decisions and and poor planning itself. But what we absolutely can't do, in my view, is make one more decision and tear down the Gardner East because that would essentially be saying, in my view, to people, your time isn't really that important to us. Too bad you're out of luck. I have to say, I shake my head when I hear the argument that it's only 10 minutes more. It's not that bad. And it's 10 minutes each way, by the way, for people who are commuting into and out of the downtown. Tell that to a parent who is panicked and rushing home from work to pick up their child from childcare. Tell it to a worker who won't make their delivery on time. Tell it to a commuter who already spends an hour each way in their car every single day. The fact is, those who say that we can tear down the Gardner East and that the traffic will just sort it out, they're dreaming. They're dreaming. Worse still, they are not being straightforward. We simply cannot sever the link between the Don Valley Parkway and the Gardner, a critical link in our city's transportation grid, part of the overall and only ring road that we have around Toronto, and not dramatically affect the quality of life for people in this city. And I'll have more to say about this in a minute, but it isn't just people going to and from work or going to get their kids at childcare or whatever. It's also about trucks and vehicles performing functions in the economy, delivering goods and services to people. But it also isn't just about drivers. The traffic has to go somewhere. This notion is peddled out there that the traffic is somehow going to vanish. It's going to disappear, they say. 
Well, the question is, do we really believe it's going to disappear? And if not, because I think we know better than to know it's going to disappear, the real question to be asked is, where will it go? And yes, it will go on arterial streets, key east-west arterial streets in particular, which notwithstanding some of the early efforts we've tried to make uh, since I became mayor, are pretty clogged up as it is. But it's also going to go on to streets that are residential streets. It's going to go on to those streets. It's going to go on to a street in front of your house or your condo or your apartment, and suddenly there's going to be traffic there which used to bypass those kinds of neighborhoods using the express connection between the parkway and the gardener. We will have trucks. If, if part of the reason we're doing this, and it is a reason that I support, that's why the hybrid option actually allows us the opportunity to free up lands for the exciting development of our waterfront and lands to the north of the waterfront. But if part of the reason is, is so that we can do that, and that's going to be good for the city, then we also have to acknowledge there are going to be a lot of trucks and other construction vehicles going in and out of that area going forward, and that's right at the place where the parkway and the gardener come together. To really show you what this means, I want to read you an email that I got before the Gardner debate even began when we announced that we would be opening the lanes on the expressway's western deck, which were under repair, and you'll recall that I convinced my council colleagues, and they didn't, uh, they, they were easily convinced because they knew it was the right thing to do to invest $2 million to speed up the construction of the Gardner so we could open the lanes a couple of months early. And here's an email that I got, and I'll just read it to you. I've read it publicly before. Yes, it came on April the 23rd, the day we opened, uh, day after we opened the Gardner Lanes back up early. Yesterday, my commute went from 45 to 60 minutes back down to under 20 minutes. I don't think I realized just how stressful it had become until I found myself singing, it's open, it's open, it's open, with tears in my eyes as I sailed down the Gardner at 80 kilometers per hour yesterday morning. Thank you for getting it done early. As a result, I get to spend an extra half hour with my daughter this morning and every morning after that. These things make a difference in people's lives. That's just one. And I could read you emails like that from people who are just ordinary citizens trying to get to and from their work or trying to get to and from somewhere, or from business people who are just trying to get to and from their work and just trying to get to and from their customers, for example. And to me, all of this, the framework through which we look at this kind of decision, has to be at least in part about that, about helping people, helping them to get to work on time, helping them get home on time, helping to give them more time with their kids and with their families and their friends. A great city, yes, a great city is one in which you enjoy all of the great features, the waterfront, the museums, the restaurants, the festivals, but it is not a city that is endlessly plagued with endless traffic delays, congestion, and gridlock. I do not believe that is the kind of great city that I was elected to build. Now, to say the debate on this issue has been vigorous would be an understatement. But there has been, in the course of vigorous debates, uh, this can happen, and I think even intelligent people have caused it to happen in this case. There's been a lot of misinformation out there, which is why I want to talk to you a little bit about the arguments that are being presented. Let's start with the cost. First, let's tackle cost and why I believe the hybrid is, in fact, the fiscally responsible choice. There have been a lot of numbers floating around out there about all three options. But if we want to get a real sense of the cost, we should look at the question of how much money the city would need in the bank today to build any of these three options. And that breaks down as follows. $336 million for hybrid, 
$240 million to remove the Gardner East or $291 million to maintain the Gardner as it is. So there is a difference between the hybrid and the remove options, and if you've done the math, which many of you are fast enough to do, it's $96 million. But what keeps getting lost is that none of these projections include the cost of congestion. And both the Toronto Board of Trade and the City Staff Report, which does not itself make a recommendation on which option should be chosen, but both of those organizations, our own City's Objective Staff Report and the uh, Board of Trade, indicate that the cost of removing the Gardner East to the economy would be $37 million per year due to increased congestion and lost productivity. So in effect... Three years after we remove the Gardner East, the difference in price between remove and hybrid is awash because you've had three years of this damage and cost to the economy. And after that, it would actually cost the city money and jobs every year thereafter that the Gardner Parkway connection was gone. I believe that if we told the citizens of this city that we're going to spend money to increase their commute times and cost our economy millions of dollars more every year going forward due to increased congestion, they'd say we were nuts. And I'd say they'd be right. <laughs> and that is why I believe the fiscally responsible choice is the hybrid one that does not increase congestion, the one that does not take more time away from the people of the city, and the one that will not harm our growing economy. Now let's deal with the issue of waterfront access. The hybrid removes as much of the Gardner East as possible, opening up the Toronto port lands and our waterfront, and enabling the billions of exciting development that I talked about and the thousands of jobs that will go with that development, which I talked about earlier, but still, at the same time, maintaining in place what I believe to be that critical connection between the Don Valley Parkway and the Gardner. Now, some say even leaving up a small portion of the Gardner East, as the hybrid would do to maintain that connection, will block access to the waterfront. I would invite you all to look at the next photo behind me, behind me on the screens and in front of you right now. You will see just uh, the, the photos look remarkably the same, and you'll see what looks like a large second highway just to the north of the Gardner. You'll see it, it's marked in red there. That's not a roadway. Do you know what that is? That's the rail yard a rail yard that will not be moved in our lifetime. It's the rail yard through which the freight traffic and perhaps more importantly these days all the GO train traffic and passenger traffic passes each and every day. You can see it marked on there. That area spans 8 kilometers along the central waterfront and is 120 meters wide. There are only 8 pedestrian access points to get to the waterfront, often through gloomy tunnels or equally drab bridges. Many experts say and have said in this discussion that and not the gardener, blocks access to the waterfront. And I think if you look at this photograph, you might well agree. So again, when people stir up emotions, claiming that we're irrevocably blocking our waterfront by maintaining a very small portion of the eastern gardener to make sure we can have that connection between the gardener and the parkway, I simply point them to the facts. And the facts are clear to see. First... The waterfront is developing quite nicely with the Gardner East in place and will develop even more nicely with a portion of the Gardner East removed and only that portion that allows us to maintain that connection between the parkway and the Gardner left in place. 
Secondly, all the boulevards in the world, and that description of a boulevard, you know, I'll come back to that in a moment, but all the boulevards in the world are not going to fix an 8-kilometer, 120-meter-wide railway corridor. So let's make the right decision. Let's make the balanced decision. Let's remove as much of the Gardner East as possible, but still leave up that critical connection between the Gardner East and the Don Valley Parkway. Now let's talk about how uh, these options will affect traffic congestion. As I mentioned earlier, time is precious. Time is not a commodity you can go and buy more of. And while experts disagree on just exactly how much more time we are taking from the people of Toronto, the facts remain. Number one, removing that piece of the gardener on the east will make traffic worse. Every study, every single one, says to some degree or another, traffic is going to be made worse. Whether it's three to five minutes or ten, depending on whose numbers you accept, there is no doubt there will be a negative impact on people's commuting times, which are already among the longest in North America. And that is before we factor in the millions of new residents everyone agrees. There's not a person who disagrees with us. The millions of new residents people agree are coming, thank goodness, to this region over the next few years. And it is before the chaos of construction. Five years worth, and again, you'll find this right in the city's report, five years worth at least for the remove option of of what is admitted to be traffic chaos, I'll call it that, there's huge detours and and disruption, versus two and a half years of disruption for the hybrid option. That is bad news, that kind of five years versus two, the kind of longer commute times as opposed to shorter. Bad news for families, bad news for the business, bad news for the environment, and it is bad news for quality of life overall in this city. And I did not get elected to make congestion worse. In fact, I expressly ran on the commitment that I would not do anything to make it worse and that I would do things to make it better because it was better for people in their family lives, better for business, better for the overall quality of life in this city. That is what I said I would do, and I am making my, I have made my choice of these options on that basis. And again, I would suggest to you the balanced thing to do is to remove as much of the Gardner East as possible, but still leave in place that critical express connection between the Don Valley Parkway and the Gardner so that we can keep this city moving. Now, there's been a lot of talk about expressways in cities. I will say one thing. Rather than talk about what, life, what makes life easier for the people of Toronto, a lot of, uh, a lot of the discussion has, has centered around, or people have tried to make it center around, what makes for a great city. In fact, some, uh, and I would say ironically, some of the very same people who didn't make the choice to build the transit and infrastructure needed to accommodate the growth of the city over the last few decades, some have gone so far as to say things like that the city will be a laughing stock if we kept up this small portion of the Gardner East. I think what would make people laugh is the idea that one of the most congested cities in North America would consciously make decisions to make congestion worse. I think they'd have reason to smile at that, maybe smiling in a self-satisfied way because they know that that would make us a less attractive place to live and to do business. To me, a great city is one 
that has to make sure it takes into account the ability of people to get to work on time and to get home on time and just to get around on a timely basis. And let's be clear. Many of you have traveled. You know this. Great cities do have expressways. Most of them have many more than we do, not to mention more transit. It's one of the problems our city faced is that we did not make the decisions over the years to have either more lanes of expressway or more lanes of transit. In fact, we decided in in some sort of mysterious way to have neither of the above, and it's led us to where we are today. But many of the great cities have more expressways than we do, not to mention more transit. Vancouver, one of the most livable cities in the world, along with us, as voted by The Economist for several years, has an elevated expressway, as many of you will know, that runs right through the center of Granville Island, a huge tourist attraction. That expressway is celebrated, it is animated, and again, it shows that great cities have expressways. London, England, one of the greatest and oldest cities in the world. It has developed one of the most expansive animated expressways in the world. Underneath that expressway, the Westway Expressway, there are tennis courts, rock climbing walls, skateboard parks, riding stables, and sports fields. It's incredible. It shows you what we can do here in Toronto if we decide that we're going to be imaginative, that we're going to animate ourselves, that we're going to take advantage of the great talent that we have in this city without increasing congestion and damaging the economy. And I could go on to cite other examples. New York, Amsterdam, Tokyo. They have all confronted this need to maintain in place a balanced transportation system, but the need to make sure that that was hospitable, welcoming urban space at the same time. They have managed to make use of the space underneath expressways and around expressways, transforming space that was otherwise dead into vibrant pieces of the urban fabric. Now, we've started to do that here in Toronto, so it isn't something we even have to look at pictures of from far away. We have the underpass park, and, and, and it is something that is underneath the east, eastern uh, gardener, and it is written up and given uh, huge credit for being innovative and forward-thinking. And we find ourselves up against it now because we dithered and didn't make decisions, uh, as was uh, mentioned in the course of the introduction, so we find ourselves up against it, and we're playing catch-up when it comes to our infrastructure. But I intend to take on personally the challenge of of using that talent that we have, using examples from around the world, inviting other people from around the world to come here and say to us, how can we take the space under the gardener and bring it to life, to make it creative, to make it welcoming urban space, to, to do what they've done in Philadelphia with skate parks or markets in Rio or art galleries in Amsterdam. The possibilities are endless while at the same time making sure we don't make traffic congestion worse and that we maintain in place that critical connection between the Don Valley Parkway and the Gardner. And so I say respectfully to those who disagree with me that I remain convinced that my position is the most sensible, balanced position for the mayor of the entire city to take. And that is my job. I am the mayor of the entire city. This is not a perfect option, but I believe it is the best option. I am not the mayor of downtown developers. I am not the mayor of one political faction or another. I am not the mayor of one part of the city or another, or the mayor for cars or for bikes or for trucks. I am the mayor of one Toronto, the mayor who must take and must make the broad interests of all Torontonians, take those into account, take into account the needs of all parts of the city, all aspects of any challenge like this. And that includes all of the things I've talked about today, the economy, jobs, people's time, 
and so on. And those needs are going to differ depending on which part of the city you're in, but it is my job to take into account all of those different things and try to do what I think is right. I am confident that the hybrid option is the best choice for this city as a whole and the best way forward. It's the best way to keep our city and to keep the economy moving, the best way to unlock potential and value in emerging areas. It is the best for investment and jobs. That is why so many major business organizations and unions support the hybrid option. Look it up. You'll see an excellent piece in the newspaper this morning from Jan De Silva, the CEO of the Board of Trade. And you'll read why she, speaking on behalf of the membership of the Board of Trade, 10,000 businesses believe the hybrid option is the right one for jobs in the economy. And the same with these unions. The unions and the businesses are in the job creation and employment business. And they know that sound transportation decision-making is key to getting and keeping jobs in Toronto. You can't build a great city without jobs. As many jobs as possible, and it is interesting to pause and reflect on this question. Why are so many of Toronto's businesses and business organizations and unions supporting the hybrid option? Think about that for a minute. We have a city to build, and that must include keeping people moving and keeping people employed. Ladies and gentlemen, I offered myself for this job to lead in the process of making a really good city great. My sole motive in public service and in public life is to build up the city that I lo love. I've spent my entire life here to make it stronger, to make it fairer, to make it more prosperous. Most days, that just involves applying balance and common sense, picking the best from among options that are always imperfect, as difficult as that choice often can be. That is what I have tried to do here. I enter this week's debate eager to listen to the debate, but satisfied the hybrid option is the best thing that we can do in the overall best interests of the city that we all love. Thank you for your attention. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, Simon Dwyer from Bell Canada will join me at the podium to thank our, sponsor, uh, to thank our speaker today. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, on behalf of Bell Canada, I am uh, very happy to be here to support the mayor and thank him, not only for his words uh, just now, but for the leadership he has shown in the short period of time he's been in office. Uh, once upon a time before joining Bell, 14 years ago, I worked for the then mayor of Toronto, uh, a gentleman named Mel Lastman. Maybe you've heard of him. He was a quiet guy. Uh, it is through that experience uh, working in the mayor's office that I can empathize with and clearly understand the implications of what the mayor spoke of here today. The issue is, and has been for some time now, a seemingly Gordian knot of all who wear that chain of office. I can say with reasonable degree of certainty that when the Gardener was officially opened that fine day back in 1966, it probably took about three days for the first public debate on now, how, what are you going to do with that highway downtown Toronto? Uh, and it has remained a hot topic of debate ever since. So with that, I'd like to acknowledge the mayor's vision by paraphrasing the words of another politician with great hair. We choose to do these things not because they are easy, but because they are hard, and I would add, because they are right. Uh, 
On behalf of those assembled here today, I wish the mayor and his council colleagues the greatest of fortunes as they endeavor towards the task ahead. Thank you. I'd like to take a moment to thank the generous sponsors of today's lunch. Bell for sponsoring our event. Thank you, Bell. CAA for sponsoring our VIP reception. Thank you. And the National Post, our media sponsor. This meeting will be broadcast on Rogers TV. This is the last month of our season before we break for summer. And here's a quick highlight of what we have in store for you for the balance of the month. Tomorrow, we'll have Jim Balsilli, Jackie McNish, and Sean Silkoff discussing lessons learned from BlackBerry, a very compelling business story. Uh, the Governor General is joining us on June 19th. And the CEO of CIBC, Victor Dodig, is coming on June 23rd. He's going to be speaking with us about technology and banking, uh, another fascinating topic, I think. So to learn more, forgive the pitch, but if you'd like to learn more about the Empire Club or buy tickets, you can visit us online at www.empireclub.org. Thank you very much for coming and enjoy the rest of your day. This meeting is now adjourned.